Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 77 and it is Tuesday, June 6th, 2017. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is the social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on? Yeah, yeah man, we are on Facebook Live, so hopefully you can hear us loud and clear. Um, hopefully the audio and video is in sync for the most part. If not, oh well. You know, you can <laughs> you can find you can find our audio version on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play if that's the case. But we thank you for tuning in and joining us. So tonight we're gonna be talking about Wonder Women's. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Wonder Woman. You've been wanting to talk about it. you. You couldn't wait for this. Wow, you could not sound any more disinterested, Carl. I'm chilling. I'm good. I'm... Yeah, we're talking about Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. we are. So it's, it's whatever, you know. It is. You know, I can't wait to get. I can't wait for you to give the Carl Bird summary of Wonder Woman when we get to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, so we're we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman later on in the podcast. Uh, spoiler filled review. So if you haven't seen it, we recommend you check it out. Um. Got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about in the uh, nerd verse, as it were, as among other things. So, with that, with all that said, Mister Bird, what have you been up to? What's going on in your world? It's been probably one of the most busiest weekends ever. Oh, word! Like, and I still met. I still managed to like make time to do geek shit. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, it was a statewide. Um, Special Olympics game, so I made a, I I went out to that Friday, and then um actually had a funeral to go to on Saturday, so I couldn't mm. spend the whole entire weekend at Special Olympics like I usually do. Um, and then I got into a lot of uh, so I got into some Netflix and some I got into a lot of stuff. Um, for starters, uh, season two of F is for Family came out. Okay. Oh, still hilarious. Bill Burr show. Yeah. Yep, yeah, maybe. he 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 gave he gave us a well. You could do it better. No Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> one time. Yeah, I had to send it to you just because, like, I like literally cracked up. Um, mm. still the same. Um, on the spot, on the spot. Um, jokes that he had from the first ones. So it's 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 an enjoyable season. I recommend it. Um, mm. if you haven't seen the first season, I definitely wa- definitely recommend you watch the first season. Okay. Um, and that's a that's like an autobiographical type show no it's is it i can't even say really if it's loosely based on it based on um his life or anything but it's just it, it, it's funny like there was like this one joke where there's these poor kids there's these poor kids in the neighborhood and they were like they're kind of um mentally challenged okay so it's like one of them. They kind of they just picked up a t- they picked up a clean white sheet like a white pillowcase and they go this looks like what my dad wears when he goes to his ghost meetings. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah, I had a good laugh out of that out of that pot. So, yeah, I literally just finished it like a couple of days ago, like probably like a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely check out Efforts for Family. If you haven't seen the first season, watch the first season, okay. and then you'll definitely then um, move on to the second season. All right. Um, also, this uh, I also finished. Um, I met. I touched on this um, a couple of episodes ago. But Mogul, the Chris Lighty story, which is yeah. a uh, Spotify original uh, podcast series, um, mm-hmm. talking about the life and death of uh, hip hop mogul Chris Lighty. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a six part series, and 
I you know I actually finished it. Um, it was it, it was pretty it was pretty sad. It was very sad how somebody who just seemed like he was just on top of the world, um, just constantly making deals, and it was like like you know he took his life. Um, there mm-hmm. was a domestic violence violence case with him and his wife mm-hmm. that was probably um a leading cause to him taking his own life but there were also like some crazy stories like there was actually um he was behind warren g getting signed to def jam records oh wow suge knight actually didn't like that Mm -hmm. even though even though warren g wasn't signed to death row records at all Mm -hmm. suge knight didn't like that and chris lighty stood up to suge knight which is at that time like at that time that was completely unheard of Mm. so um and then, like, he was behind uh, 50 Cent getting signed to Shady Records and everything that, um, like, you know, that when that whole title, that whole G-Unit title wave came through, yep. like, he was behind that. He was behind um, 50 Cent's, vi- the Formula 50 vitamin water mm-hmm. that came out. Um, he was behind the Bulletproof video game. Did you ever play that? I played the demo on the PS2. I think it. I think yeah, it was around yeah. PS. It was PS2 time. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of it. What'd you think of it? Uh, I thought it was completely mediocre. I, I would have thought so too. So um, yeah, uh, but you know, he was in, he was behind all that and just a whole mess of like um, crazy deals that hip you know that hip hop artists were making. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them going into movies, whatever. He was behind a lot of those. Oh wow! And not to mention getting like a lot of the biggest stars like their record contracts, and so um, it was definitely it was definitely sad that you know somebody who was like who was literally on top of the world, mm. you know, end up taking his own life. And there's actually um, for one, me, I was hoping that there would be a visual. Mm-hmm. Like it was great to listen to. It was something to listen to in the car, but it was a great visual. Mm-hmm. That would be it. Would be it would be much better. So, um, but I actually learned that there is a season two coming. So I'm actually hoping that they'll do. Um, they'll do. They'll tell the story of Shakir Stewart, who was um, president of Def Jam right after Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Right after Jay Z stepped down, and him, unfortunately, him too. He ended up. Uh, Taking his own life as well, so wow. um, I don't know what Def Jam's doing to their um, executives, Oof. but um, yeah, he uh, yeah, that's another interesting story that I would like to learn more about. So mm. definitely check that out. And then this week, this weekend, this past Saturday was um, our Freddie Cup. Our friend Freddie, he has a little uh, fighting game tournament that he has every three months, and. Um, to the two main focuses of the of the night were the latest Tekken Seven, a game that I've been looking forward to for like the past like six years maybe. Okay. And uh, probably I would definitely say it's the game of the year candidate. Really, it's that good. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, like we was. I mean, when I tell you we was be- we was beefing. Mm, like I know I know you posted like a video. Was it on Facebook or was it Instagram? I want to say it was on. Yeah, it was on Instagram. Uh, our Instagram live. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, and it was all over my Snapchat too. If you follow me, um, I posted like a whole mess from that uh, from that night. Nice. So um, yeah, the great, the fun factor was great. The um, the same mechanics from the original from the original Tekken's. Mm-hmm. Um, the it was the game that I been that I've been waiting for. Mm. So when my money gets right, I will be um, checking it out, and I will be I will be getting it. 
Okay. Not to mention, um, shout outs to our friends, the Party Nerds. Uh, they was doing a live Twitch stream of Tekken 7, mm-hmm. and they actually proposed a uh, te- Codex Prime versus the Party Nerds. Okay. Cross right. Twitch stream. So, yeah, you need to get out of this whole I don't like two-player games and get some practicing because I ain't going to be the only one playing against like five other dudes. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, if you, you know, you, you buy a copy of Tekken 7, you know, I can borrow it and then we can get down on that with the t- Twitch stream and whatnot, you know? All right. Yeah. All right. It's documented, so that means you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Card subject to change. So, you know. No, don't, don't add that. <laughs> don't add that. I can't go out. I can't take on five dudes by myself. Well, like, like, well, how does how does Tekken Seven compare to the previous installments in your view? It's a lot. It's a lot better. I would. Uh, it's a lot better from the you know from the previous ones. Um, I would still say that Tekken Three is my favorite because to, mm. to me Tekken Three was the game changer. What up, Maurice? Maurice is watching. Sup, man. <laughs> so um, yeah, Tekken Three was the game changer. Like it just it just to me it just took it, um Tekken Three just kind of took a whole different turn. Mm-hmm. You know, and it has like, and that's what the formula that they're following today. But um, it's definitely, definitely a lot like not hot now. Like they have these like super moves that are very, very hard mm. to dodge. Like you can dodge them, but you have to be really quick on the sticks to dodge those uh, super moves. And then once you, once they get them in, it t- they take a lot of energy, a lot of your energy out. So it was frustrating, but mm-hmm. one, give me some more practice, and then I'll be, I'll be beasting in that one. All right, that's what's up. I, and then also another game that I've been like itching to get is uh, Injustice Two. Mm, that, that that does look good. It's very good. I I need to get my copy of that just so I can get into the um, campaign mode. I'm mm-hmm. not even a DC. I'm not even a DC guy. I'm a Marvel guy mm-hmm. to the death. But I love the Injustice series. Mm-hmm. Like I would also consider this one a, a fighting game of the year candidate as well. Okay. All right, because I I, I, I don't do ask have... me to vote because I I I'm I'm on the fence. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have uh the first injustice on my PS4. It yeah, because like it was a, free. Yeah, free to play from um what you call it PS Plus. Yeah, PS Plus. So I played a little bit of it and I did enjoy it. I played through the campaign mode, but you know, being that it's a fighting game for me, it's like I don't have the time to kind of sit down and try to memorize all the moves and the button combinations. Like I don't know, it's just over my head. No, it's not. It's not hard. You can do it. No, I mean it's like it's like the timing and everything. You can remember the exact day that you bought your TV when you became friends with certain people and a whole bunch of other shit. Well, I mean, if you can rem- if you can remember the exact day that Star Wars came out, May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. If you can remember like the the year the first Fast and Furious came out, two thousand one. Okay, if you can remember the year the first WrestleMania, eighty five. Then you can remember freaking button combinations. Well, you be all right. You be all right. I mean, I, I try though. It's like I it's like I, I see the button. It's like here's the thing like, with me in fighting games. Like I go in the practice mode. Okay. And then I try to you know execute the button combinations like you know down down forward down backward and all this and the button combinations like it's precise. But it's like I don't, I always end up button mashing at the end. So it's like damn. Okay, so you just put. Right, so then you just be playing with Eddie Gordo for like the entire time. Well, here's the thing, though. When I played the uh, original Tekken games up to Tekken Five, I always picked either Eddie Gordo or Christy Christy Montero because they were the easiest characters to play as. Yeah, those characters are made for people who don't know how to play the game. Yep. As much as I love Eddie Gordo, because I used to practice Capoeira myself, mm-hmm. like those those characters were made for that purpose. Yep. For exactly. people who do not know how to play the game. Step your step your game up. 
Well, I'll tell you what. You know, you buy Tekken 7, I'll borrow it, and I'll try to practice it and uh, try to step my fighting game up. And uh, if not, then I'll just go back to my one-player experiences, which is where it's at. I like those too, but I mean, damn, have some freaking fun. Be social, damn it. I am social. I mean, what am I, I'm doing, what I'm doing right now? I'm on the podcast. I'm co-hosting. That's what we do. I'm on Facebook Live, son. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, um, the, but um, as far as injustice, it's the same mecha- same mechanics, same fun factors. The first one, um, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of their super moves that we all used to love. Like I remember when the first injustice was playing, and Harris, he was an injustice player, little punk, yeah. and um, like we would just get so into it, and all he would just yell is "Do your move!" Like every time, <laughs> meaning the spe- meaning the super moves that each character had. Mm-hmm. So um. Yeah, so at the same time, I kind of was like that, but I was busy trying to play, trying to get those. But Furman's a cheater anyway, so I really didn't get many of them in. Yeah, he so. is. <laughs> so then, and then, Freddy kind of surpri- Freddy surprised the sh- he surprised the hell out of us. He he, we went retro. I mm-hmm. mean, we did last time with the NES Classic, but then yep. this time he kind of blew us away. And the boy brought out a, he broke out with a Sega Saturn. War- oh really? A Sega fucking Saturn. Damn. Do I got any? Fa- okay, I don't have any family members watching. A <laughs> Sega, da- a Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. So we got on. We got down on some X Men: Children of the Atom. Oh man. So that and, it rem- and that game literally made me remember. I literally forgot about a certain X Men character. I'm like really, actually two. I forgot about two X Men characters that I would love to see in the X Men universe done right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Samurai Mm -hmm. and Omega Red. Yeah. Yeah, we need to see Omega Red on the big screen for sure. Yes, bring that communist in. Yeah. They're not going to bring him in, especially with this whole Trump and Russia thing. Yeah. I can can wish. Mm -hmm. I can wish. So, um, yeah, we got down on some of that, and then we got down on a classic. X-Men versus Street Fighter. Ah, yes. I remember that game too. Now, I mean, now here's one. Gambit was such a beast in that game. Yep. Like, I remember, like, wasting tons of quarters mm-hmm. at the corner stores and using Gambit. Yeah, with the Royal Flush. Uh, the Royals first, the dreaded cards and all yep. that. And I'm like, why isn't he in any of the other games? Well, he was in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, this the series one and two, and I think part three. Okay, he needs to be. He needs to. He needs to be a mainstay. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I do remember those games when they first came out. I think uh, Children of the Atom came out in '94, and I remember playing that in the arcades, which I enjoyed. There was only one time. I've only this. That was literally like my second time playing a um, a Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. The first time, and I made. Correct me if I'm wrong, because this could be Sega CD. Mm. But the last time I remember playing it was playing Street Fighter the movie, the video game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. First of all, it wasn't mine, so I didn't give a shit. Yeah. I was just, I was hanging, I was actually, I was visiting family in Baltimore, and I was hanging with my cousin's friends, Mm. and they had it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me get down on that. Yeah, the game was awful. I bet it was. It wasn't even a Dugan. It was a little Flash. (laughs) <laughs> it was a flashlight I could have made it a Dugan Just with a flashlight That's literally what it was Wow <laughs> Yeah 
Yeah, the Street Fighter, I mean, it's bad enough that the Street Fighter of the movie was already an ill-conceived concept, but the video game based on the movie was kind of like trying to marry a Street Fighter versus with the Mortal Kombat aesthetic. It just That's came what it was. It, yeah. it just wasn't, it, it just, it, it, no, it, it wasn't working. Yeah, it, it was very, it was quite terrible. Yeah, it's like, they, yeah, they try. it's like at that time Mortal Kombat was kicking Street Fighter's ass, mm-hmm. so it's like, hey, let's do what they're doing to try to, you know, to try to keep up. Yeah. DC. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it was just, a, they just came out with a bad product. Mm. Yes, you know, indeed. That, I mean, don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, true. That's literally what it is. <laughs> so, and uh, Jen says, about time you guys are live looking professional. Oh, Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Friend of the show, Jen. Uh, yeah. And, um, it, the WWE pay-per-view Extreme Rules was on this this past Sunday. Yeah, it was. Um, okay event, but the main event was surprisingly good. It was. Like I actually, it was funny too, since it was a Fatal Five Way. I did see a meme mm-hmm. where when the match started, where um, four of the guys, four of the guys, you know, they're fighting each other, mm-hmm. and Roman Reigns was literally just standing there at the turnbuckle. Yeah, he was. Like, he was just standing there, and then the meme just had the Xbox icon that just said, controller disconnected. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's really was it. I'm a po- I saved it, so I'm going to end up posting it on, on, on um, our Instagram, on our social media handles. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was really happy with the main event. Um, surprise ending. Like, I was just... I literally was expecting Roman Reigns to win. Yeah, but they're definitely saving that for WrestleMania 34. Possibly. Yeah, the two men that beat the old man at WrestleMania, Grandpa Taker. Uh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah. I mean, I mean, Victor really, you really want me to stab you, huh? I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's a legend. You know, he's chilling out in his nursing home in the Death Valley. You know, just let him be. Just let him be. But you know what? I I do agree that the main event at Extreme Rules was very good. I was very happy to see Samoa Joe. Uh, win that. So I'm very intrigued to see Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar at the uh, terribly named pay-per-view Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, what the F is up with that? I don't know. I have a feeling that some writer uh, was really campaigning for that in the writer's room, and then Vincent Mann just latched onto it, probably. I don't know. But um, at least uh, Joe versus Lesnar, I mean, because you have two badasses in there. And the thing is, like, but I just don't want... I don't want it to be a suplex fest. Like, yeah. Brock Lesnar can wrestle. He's an NCAA state champion. He is? Yeah. Like... NCAA champion, former UFC champion. Yeah, yeah. like, the boy the boy can fight. The boy can wrestle. Yeah, he's legit. And Samoa Joe can, too. Mm-hmm. So, I want to see some beefing. Yeah. I want to see, like, some, some submission holds. I want to see some hardcore, like... Yeah. Yes, Jen. Thing. Vic does have a Wonder Woman shirt on. Yes, I do. Look at that right there. Got to got to represent for my homegirl. You know how it is. What? She's the only man in the world who has who owns a Wonder Woman shirt. I am not the only man in the world who owns a Wonder Woman shirt. I'm pretty sure there are other nerds and geeks out there that own one too, right? Possibly John Aponic. That that's the only person I can think of. Yeah, probably. But yeah, uh super villain. Yeah. <laughs> Our resident uh MCU hater. But uh yeah. Yeah, that's my super villain. Yeah, indeed. He pro- and I hope he owns that title like a badge of honor. He probably does. Good for him. But um, but yeah, uh, I will say. Shut up, no, just you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did he say? 
Okay, Jen, Jen says, shut up. No, just you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. Get your life. And John Aponic says, I do not own a Wonder Woman shirt. Yet. Yet. But, uh, <laughs> That's exactly what he said, yet. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, getting back to Extreme Rules, I will say that the worst moment for me was the Alexa Bliss versus Bailey uh, kendo stick on a pole match. Oh my God, Bailey looks Bailey looks like such a chump out there, just buried out there, man. What? I mean, did, did you see I, that match? I saw. You know what it was? Yeah. I had a phone call, mm-hmm. so I had it on mute, and I was paying more attention to the phone call than I was the pay per view. Okay, well, you weren't missing anything in the match because, well, the whole conceit was that Bailey agreed. To, she she actually made the stipulation. She wanted she agreed to the Kendo stick on a pole match, talking about she wants to prove that she's extreme, that she can take on Alexa Bliss. And Bailey, she was the first one to get the stick off the pole. And just when you think that she was about to mollywop Alexa Bliss, just like wreck her shit with the stick, like she hesitates. Then Alexa Bliss spears her. So she knocks the stick out of Bailey's hand. Bliss picks up the stick and starts whooping the shit out of her, just beating her upside the head with the kendo stick and just pinned her like in under like, what, two, three minutes? Just totally buried Bailey out there. And in fact, Bailey got some booze from the crowd, justifiably so, because she looked like a complete joke out there. I think I did come across a meme where it was like, oh, didn't come on, that didn't come out as expected, didn't it? Oh, what's up, yeah. Amanda? Yeah. And Jen says, blah, blah, wrestling is scripted like reality TV. Yes, <laughs> we know that. But yeah. we enjoy it as well. Yes, we do. Just like you enjoy your reality TV. Mm-hmm. Indeed, get your life. <laughs> but... uh. <laughs> But you know, I, I I will say that you know the Extreme Rules uh, uh, event. It was, I mean, well that match anyway. It was just not. I'm just disappointed what they did with my with my girl with my girl. You know, Bailey. You know they they gotta they gotta you know, build her up more because the way the way she's being portrayed on, on screen now, it's like she's a jobber and it's it's not cool. Like Bray. Yeah, um, we're having a little technical technical difficulties with the camera. Yeah, so uh, you know, just uh, bear with us. You know, we're still Facebook Live. We're still doing <laughs> it. So, Carl, you know, keep you know keep uh, you know anything else? Uh, that literally is it. Wow, <laughs> that literally was it. That um, oh oh yeah, one more thing. I want to uh, shout out um, Double O Subliminal Double O on a uh, Twitch. I went into we um. I uh, started playing Resident Evil 7, for, and um, I Twitch streamed that. I'm tr- we're trying hard to get that back on, get that on YouTube, but that just didn't work out. So, um, yeah, as of right now, yeah. So, um, as of right now, I'm still waiting on getting an email from the Twitch company to see what it is that we're doing wrong. But, um, yeah. But thanks for you know for watching. I'm definitely gonna continue and definitely gonna be streaming more games. Uh, hopefully, uh, probably just straight to YouTube. But mm-hmm. every now and then we'll probably go go back and do a live Twitch. And um, other than that, that's pretty much all that I've been up to, except until the uh, until Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, yes, we do have uh, technical difficulties right now, but uh, we will we will be back on uh, Facebook Live uh, back after these messages. So uh, stay with us, and uh, we will uh, bring you more of this uh, hot nerd fire. 
All right. And we are back. Uh, we apologize for the uh, uh, blackout. Um, I, I do want to say that um, uh, with our current Facebook Live setup, I'm recording with my DSLR camera, which is unfortunately, as I'm learning, not the most ideal uh, setup for a Facebook Live broadcast. So I'm going to have to actually buy a dedicated um, a webcam which uh, which stinks, but hey, it is what it is. We're just gonna roll through with the punches. Um, uh, fortunately, the audio version, uh, which you'll hear on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, will be you know much better. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, hopefully, um, if and when the camera does go out again, uh, we'll we'll continue the shebang a bang. Um, right now, uh, this shebang a bang. I have an interesting choice of words. Yeah, you know, like I said, it, it just comes comes to me, just you know, rolling out, rolling off at, t- at the top. You know what I mean? Um, uh, hopefully, our viewers will come back. Uh, right now, I titled this uh, part of the uh, Facebook live feed as uh, Episode Seventy Seven Part Two. But um, yeah, so yeah, anything else, Carl? No, nah, I'm pretty. I'm good. I'm good. What's, what the hell you been up to? Oh man, I've been up to quite a lot actually. Like I've been. Um, I've been uh, catching up on some uh, television shows as of late uh, via streaming platforms. In fact, I uh, renewed my subscription to HBO Now uh, last week. All right. Yeah, so I'm definitely prepared for Game of Thrones Season 7, which comes out in July. July 16th, correct? I believe so. Okay. And um, yeah, I was just, you know, I was just marathoning shows left and right, you know. Just so you know, people call it binge watching, but I like to call it marathoning. You know, potato, potato. Yeah, you know. So it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> I was watching uh, a few, a couple shows off off uh, HBO now. Uh, one of which I finished in, finished in one night. Uh, Issa Rae's uh, series, her sitcom Insecure. Yes, which I absolutely love. Told um, you. Yeah. I, I told y'all. I told y'all that y'all would love it. Yeah, you I know. think the only one who didn't watch it is Maurice, and he probably won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, uh, I actually really do like that show because, like, I've always been a fan of Issa Rae since she did her Awkward Black Girl series. Yeah, on on YouTube back in uh, 2011, and I'm just so glad that she, you know, she's on the come up. And you know, I was just, it, it's my type of show, you know, dry humor. Now, um, did you did you finish it? I did. Are you Team Issa or Team Lawrence? Oh man, you know. I, I, you know, I love my girl Lisa, but I'm gonna have to be Team Lawrence. Better shit. Yeah, I, I mean, cause You're better. I, I mean, cause at first, you I, know, would hang a, I would hang up a picture of him next to Malcolm, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. <laughs> you know, because you know, my my boy Lawrence. You know, he's at first when I, when I saw him in the first episode, I thought he was just gonna be like your typical, you know, loser boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, he's you know he's got some layers to him. You know, yeah, he's, he did. You know, he's trying to start his own business. You know, he's just trying to, you know, get out from under, trying to get out from this uh, mediocre, you know, meager, uh, menial jobs. You know, I feel him. I feel him. The struggle is totally real. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I feel like uh, Issa Rae's character kind of takes him for granted, doesn't really give him the, you know, amount of, you know, encouragement that he really needs. But I will say, though, um, that other woman that he was, uh, you know, seeing. Oh, the bank teller. Yeah, the bank teller. Uh, Tasha, I think her name was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, just, just, oh, my gosh. Just. You need a moment? <sighs> I mean, I mean, I, I, could, I could, you know, she's, she's definitely some competition. She's, she's true comp. But um, 
I will say that you know the 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 humor is 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 my, right up my alley. Just that dry humor, you know. It's a fresh it's a fresh perspective, you know. Some fresh black characters, you know, non stereotypical, which is awesome. Just everyday cats that you that you and I probably know, you know. So, you know, insecure. I can't wait for season two. I want to see where these characters are gonna go. Oh yeah, yeah. oh definitely. Yeah, and um. <clears throat> Yeah, Issa Rae, man, big ups to her because, you know, she's coming a long way for sure. And uh, there was another series that I've uh, uh, marathoned on HBO, and it's one of the most brilliant shows I've ever seen. And Aris has talked uh, about it a couple of times on the show, Westworld. Yeah, I need to renew my HBO Go just to get up on that too. Yes, you do. Yo, I will say this, Westworld, it's it's visionary, it's unique, it's brilliantly written. Uh, um, a show. The showrunners are, are Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, and no relation to Chris Nolan. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, that's his brother. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Westworld. It's an awesome science fiction western television series. You know, it takes place in this uh, fictional uh, amusement park called Westworld, which is like uh, the Wild West. Okay. And um, all these uh, hosts or androids portray cowboys or uh, Native Americans or other denizens of this Westworld uh, universe. All right. And uh, people can, you know, they can, uh, humans can actually go into this world and, you know, indulge their basest desires or darker instincts. They can shoot, they can kill, they can screw, whatever, anything <laughs> in between, go on adventures. Wait, robot banging like Ex Machina? Um, Rob- Ex Machina was implied robot banging. <laughs> Westworld, it's actual banging. You see it. <laughs> but um, but man, the, the the cast is just phenomenal. Um, and the performances. Um, you have Jeffrey Wright who plays a uh, Bernard Lowe, one of the head scientists of Westworld and the engineers. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood who plays Dolores Abernathy, who was one of the uh, uh, oldest hosts or androids in the whole uh, uh commun- in the whole park. Isn't she related to Elijah Wood? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Uh, her character has a very fascinating arc as well, and then you have Ed Harris, who's the Man in Black, who has who's very mysterious, and I won't say anything about his storyline, but um, it goes into some very intriguing directions. Um, I love I love the, the the show's themes of uh, you know the nature of humanity, you know um, you know what is sentience? Does sentience really uh, make uh, a, a non organic uh, being a true human or a true being? Right. Um, it explores um, you know humanity in the sense of you know if you were in this environment that you can indulge any desire that, or any base instinct you want, could you do it? How far would you go? What does that say about you as a person deep down? It's a, it's a, it's definitely a, you know, philos- very strong philosophical themes at work, and it's one of the most brilliant shows I've ever seen, and yeah. it's definitely in the pantheon, my personal pantheon of uh, favorite television shows of all time, and I cannot wait for season two. Um, I could, I could dedicate a whole podcast episode or Victor's Corner to the the bigger mysteries of Westworld. Um, but it's a show that you should definitely check out. It's definitely a show that's also tailor-made for fan theories as well, so it's totally right up your alley as well. How many seasons are there so far? It's just uh, just one. Okay. Um, season two comes out next year. Oh, okay, good. I got plenty of time. Yeah, so Westworld, phenomenal series. If you haven't seen it, make that a priority. Oh, damn, Freddie just signed on, and you missed to talk about Freddie Kaufman. Oh, man. Hey, what's up, Freddie? Uh yeah, so uh besides that, um there was one other show that I start, started to um almost done with the first season, uh H um not HBO, ABC's How to Get Away with Murder. 
Jordan, you just missed Tech. He just asked, Codex Prime, how do you guys feel about Tech and 7? You just missed me talking about it. You probably missed me by like a good 10 minutes, man. Yeah. And um, yeah, definitely uh, watch, uh, once this episode is done, watch uh, part one of episode 77 on Facebook Live, and uh, you'll hear Carl's thoughts on that. Yeah, it'll be on, the, it'll be on, or uh, it'll be on, you know, iTunes, SoundCloud, or. We'll we'll be posting it like later. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, man, I've um, I've I've also uh, started uh, marathoning How to Get Away with Murder, starring Viola Davis. As, I know it. I know it. Yeah. I know about it. I never watched it. You should. You know she uh, she. They already bought seven seasons deep now. No, the three seasons. Three. Okay. Yeah, she, she's badass as uh, attorney Annalise Keating. Woo. Like she already got a lot. Already got a lot. <laughs> I know. Like she plays the damn part, though. And I be, oh, I believe it. Like uh, Viola Davis is just an amazing woman. Absolutely, amazing woman, amazing actress. You know, you know, it's, it's a show that you know she definitely like. She relishes in the role, and it's it's an actor's dream. And just to see Viola Davis like put it down on screen, it's just like wow, man. Like if if I was a, if any student of acting should definitely watch it for just for the strength of her performance as well as well as as well as a supporting cast. And um, I'm I'm definitely gonna finish the rest of the series. Hopefully at the end of, by the end of this month. Uh, but that's one show I do highly recommend. Um, I should have gotten into it when it came out three years ago. I don't know why I didn't, but. I'm glad I did. It's um the, too busy watching damn Criterion <laughs> movies. Yeah, that too. Well, I haven't I haven't indulged in Criterion in, in quite a while though. But um, you know, because other stuff, you know, you know, reading, catching up on books and shows now. But yeah, the first three seasons, How to Get Away with Murder, they're on Netflix. Check them out uh, when you can. Uh, my cousin Johnson, my cousin Jonathan had to, <laughs> he wants me to dug into the NBA finals. Okay. Um, let me. I'll just I'll just go to it real quick. It was probably oh, going to be like not even a minute. Um, hey, what's going on? What's going on, Edward? Um, the NBA Finals. My thoughts. I could. I honestly still believe that this can go either way. Yeah, the the um the Warriors are up two to nothing right now. But I last year the Warriors blew it, so it could go both ways. That's all I can. That's all I can say. I can't even choose who's gonna win. So as long as the series is good, that's all. I'm, that's all I want. Hmm. All right, you can go back to. All right, There's, that was your sports minute with Carl. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, we do have some several items of interest, some geek news to delve into right. as well. Um, first of which, well, I'll have to get into some sad news, unfortunately, on the TV front. Uh, Underground has been canceled after two seasons. Uh, Tribune Media has canceled the series, which aired on the WGN uh, America Network. Um, because of the cancellation, the Twitter hashtag uh, Underground on Netflix is one of many calls by fans uh, on social media to see the series continue on another platform or network. Um, I really do hope that Netflix or Hulu or some other platform picks up the series because the way season two ended, it ended on a straight up cliffhanger. And this this show is way too interesting for it to just stop. Didn't you just like review that like two weeks ago? I did. I did. And yeah, uh, yeah man, yo, I don't, I don't know why they had to cancel the series, but hopefully it will find a home. And soon, because you know, we got to know what happened to those characters. And if we can see more of Aisha Hines as Harriet Tubman, yo, 
That's TV gold. I really do got to look at her. I keep because you keep saying that she plays Harriet Tubman. You said she looks just like her and stuff, but kind of yeah. She has I, that you know essence down, and she's I, also on shots fired. Yeah. Like I said, I only caught like the last fifteen minutes of it because I gotta prepare. All I want to see was an Ali thing. I get that, and then I get ready for Cookie. Yeah, whatever, man. Get your life, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm good. <laughs> okay, so um, next up, Sin City is being rebooted for television. The Weinstein Company is developing the series with Dimension and writer Greg Mazzara, the former showrunner of The Walking Dead. Unlike the two films, which are adaptation of Frank Miller's gra- um, graphic novel series, the show will introduce new characters and story elements. Len Wiseman from Underworld will be directing the pilot episode. Hmm. Hopefully it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, Sin City's pretty dark. Well, I... I I think it can get... Netflix or HBO or like Mm -hmm. Showtime or Mm -hmm. one of those uh, expensive-ass channels that you got to pay for. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I did enjoy the first Sin City when it came out. Um, I haven't haven't seen the second one, A Dame to Kill For, which I... Which I saw didn't get as uh, it wasn't as favorable among fans and critics as the first one. Right. Um, I mean, the Sin City is a. It's the first one was cool. You know, I'm not you know head over heels about it, but it could definitely make for a good serialized TV series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because because the films themselves are like anthology pieces. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully we'll you know see some 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 interesting uh, material with that. Uh, another another uh, cancellation news. Well, it was pretty much dead before it even got off the ground. Uh, <laughs> uh, Neil Blomkamp's Alien 5 project is totally dead. Um, in, an, in an interview with The Verge, the District 9 director uh, revealed that his proposed Alien film will never see the light of day and implied that it, it is mainly due to Ridley Scott's taking charge of future Alien films. Uh, Blomkamp's Alien 5 film generated strong buzz uh, among fans in the form of a series of conceptual paintings uh, posted online, one of which featured an older Ripley and Hicks from Aliens. Um, kind of, it's, it's too bad that uh, Blomkamp's uh, Alien 5 project was canceled, because it, it, it did it did pique my interest to see where they would take uh, uh, Ripley and Hicks, you know, kind of ignoring Alien 3. Did you uh, see Alien Covenant? Uh, I did not, uh, but I did read spoilers, uh, and I read the synopsis, and um, yeah, I wasn't pleased. Um, mainly because, like, the, the I won't spoil it here for those who are still curious about watching Covenant, but uh, it, it definitely, it, uh, it unnecessarily ruins the lore of the Xenomorphs. Okay. Um, it, 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 it basically pulled uh, episode one Phantom Menace like midi-chlorians it gave a midi-chlorians explanation to the oh. xenomorphs which was not needed um, I mean no oh and John Aponte wants to know does that include the spirit victor the spirit victor oh uh, if he's talking about uh, Frank Miller that's um, the, that's um, yeah the, the, the spirit was a shitty movie um, I don't know if you've seen that nah yeah you're not missing anything uh yeah, I'd rather if they make a spirit television series. Yeah, why? Just don't. But um. But why? yeah. But yeah. Um, Somebody will watch it. Yeah, you would. I mean, I mean, I mean, you spent all this time watching Iron Fist. You know, hats off to you. So listen, bruh. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a part. It's part of the Defender series. I'm invested into that. I'm invested into that storyline. <sighs> I don't know, man. Once I go through it, I got. Once I start, I gotta see. It, I had to see it through. 
I don't know, man. Yeah, I trust me. I I completely understand why everybody hated it. Like I can, I would say is the least favorite of all the Marvel Netflix series. But mm-hmm. hey, I, I I just see it through, and I I actually enjoyed it. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'll probably just read this, read the Wikipedia synopses and I'm catch sure up that will. way. I know you will. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next up, John Wick Chapter Three production scheduled for this fall. Derek Kolstad, screenwriter for the first two John Wick films, will be writing the third movie along with director Chad what the fuck? Stileski. Thank you. <laughs> I can't pronounce much. <laughs> Samuel Jackson also expressed interest in starring in Chapter 3. I'm all for it. I love Samuel Jackson. Yeah. And- My only request is he says the word motherfucker at least 30 times. Yeah. It's John motherfucking Wick. I'm happy. I'm uh, I can if he says I even one if he even says that at one time I'll literally just get up from the I'll get up and leave the theater just satisfied. Nah, well, have you seen the first two John Wick films? I have yet? not. <laughs> you were supposed to let me borrow the first one. You can still borrow it. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, uh, John Wick Chapter Two comes out next week on Blu-ray. These videos are coming out on DVD so fast nowadays. Yeah, the tur- like literally like I saw the commercial for Beauty and the Beast to, like a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, didn't that movie just come out yesterday? <laughs> well, yeah, right. Nowadays, there's a much shorter turnaround between the theatrical releases and the Blu-ray DVD releases. Two months is the minimum. Like, for example, Logan came out in March, and it, and it just yeah, came sorry. out on Blu-ray just a couple weeks ago. But yeah, John Wick Chapter 2 comes out next week on Blu-ray, Best Buy Steelbook Edition, which I will get. The fanciest of packaging. Yes, it is. And you need to... Get on that, yeah. Because I, plan, I do get on that. I saw, yeah. Somebody sent me a video. I probably posted on our Codex Facebook, but it was John. It was um Keanu Reeves on a on a gun range, mm-hmm. and I he is that. about that life. He is about that life. Like he was hitting these targets like if it was nothing, and he was like he was about that life. Mm. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, he was. And a little too trigger happy for my taste. Hey, that's why he scored those headshots so effectively and efficiently in part two. Like yeah. you'll you'll know it when you see it. Like. All right. Like I cannot wait for part three because man, the way part two ended, man, oh, it's just right. it's sumptuous, okay. sumptuous. Love it. John Wick is love. John Wick is life. Um, uh, next, uh, next headline here. Another uh, delay, rather. Uh, Middle Earth: Shadow of War has been delayed until October tenth, twenty seventeen. Uh, the game was originally scheduled for an August twenty second release. Um, having played uh, Shadow of Mordor, oh. I, I do have the Game of the Year oh. edition on PS4. Very good. It's like oh, a okay. mishmash of like Assassin's Creed and Arkham Asylum. Oh, okay. Um, I'm intrigued to see where Shadow of War uh, lies, especially with the you can you know, you can pilot dragons in it. So you know, yeah, hopefully, um, it'll be even better than the first. There you go. Yeah, that's great for our Lord of the Rings fans as well. All right. And then, wait, what the hell? Game of Thrones final season may not air until 2019. Mm-hmm. HBO programming president Casey Bloys revealed in an interview with Entertainment Weekly that it depends on how much time showrunners David Be- Benioff. Benioff and D.B. Wise will need to make the eighth and final season of the series. Don't break the chain. Okay, like we're getting ready, you know, we're getting ready for season seven. Like I'm, and then no, no, you guys were consistent all this time. Mm-hmm. Damn it, stick with it. Well, you know, I mean, 
I I know that hopefully maybe then maybe they need a little more time to you know kind of perfect the final season the eighth and final season of game of thrones so if they do need that extra year to kind of build up interest maybe that'll motivate george rr R. martin to finish the book on time not <laughs> it will not happen. <laughs> not happen um i mean if anything hopefully that can motivate maurice to you know catch up on the series not happening <laughs> that won't happen either uh you know what? I mean, it is disappointing news if there is a one-year delay, but if that's what it takes to, you know, have Fucking the series. Brand's damn near my age. Shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did grow up. Yeah, Brand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he had So, a- I mean, he's going to be a grown-ass man by the time he reaches his brother. Well, true. True indeed. But, uh, you know, maybe they'll uh, kind of uh, alter the story as needed to kind of accommodate, you know, certain... Uh, certain uh, age ages and whatnot of characters um i am i mean whether or not they do need that extra year hey you know if that's what it takes that's what it takes but uh i do i will say that game of thrones uh hopefully it, it, it will it will it will end on the strongest note possible i hope so too you know it's, it's not going to pull a lost or a dexter or battlestar galactica when you have you know well, with Battlestar Galactica, you had like great seasons, great seasons, and then you had a shitty final episode, which ruined everything else. So it made you feel like you wasted your whole goddamn time. Uh, so I have confidence that DB uh, DB Weiss and David Benioff will deliver, and uh, hopefully George R. R. Martin will, um, you know, get get his uh, latest book in on time, you know, <laughs> to correspond with the final season, which probably won't happen. Definitely won't happen. But um, but yeah, but. You know, season seven, you know, we will talk about that at length on, on the podcast for sure. Um, I can't wait. In fact, I'm going to revisit season six on Blu-ray as well, you know, in the coming weeks ahead. You're not the only person who's doing that. Oh, oh no, not at all. Yeah, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people who's doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, <clears throat> That's that's what that's pretty much it for news and items of interest. Uh, I got the one through that fast. Yeah, we kind of did. Um, so yeah, ho- yeah, you're once again you're we're, you're thank you for tuning in on our Facebook Live episode of the Codex Prime Podcast, episode seventy seven. Um, like I said, uh, do mind the uh, vi- the camera setup. I am rec- we are we are broadcasting via my DSLR camera, so if it cuts off again. I will post a quickly post a part three so to continue to to continue this uh, chain. So what's well, not my cousin Jessica's watching? What's going on? Hey, what's up? What's up? Uh, so yes, uh, the main event, um, the film that we've all been waiting for. We're going to be talking about DCEU's Wonder Woman, which just dropped this past Friday. Uh, um, long anticipated, man. Um, yes, you you did you. <clears throat> Did anticipate this. Yep, rep it. I got a rep. You know, got a, I got got my Wonder Woman shirt on. Like I said, you're the only one. Uh, yeah. Some people are just you know too uh too cowardly to admit that they own one. But anyway, um, Wonder Woman. It is. Uh, we're gonna get into a, some some spoilers as well. A little bit of a spoiler review. So if you haven't seen it, do. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, just don't 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 watch. As much as I love you guys watching. If you haven't seen Wonder Woman, don't. <laughs> or, or better yet, uh, uh, mute your speakers. Just put your volume on mute, oh, and you just go. you know, just keep the keep the viewership going. But yes, uh, Wonder Woman. It is the fourth film in the DC Extended Universe, and it it has actually broken the DCEU streak. This is the first DCEU film that's not terrible. Yeah, it, it was <clears throat> as a Marvel. 
as a Marvel guy. I even showed up to the theater with a Marvel shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, zero fucks given. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I I liked it. Yeah, me too. I I I came away I came away very very pleased. And you know, I I, I came into this uh this film with a lot of trepidation, um, because with uh with the disappointment that was Man of Steel, and then you had the garbage trash landfill fire that was Batman versus Superman, and then you had the stupidity of Suicide Squad. <laughs> it was like three consecutive losses in the DCEU. So it's it was kind of like the Undertaker streak in reverse. Okay. Well, it, okay. The the streak right. in reverse. All right. All right. All right. So it's just one consecutive loss after the other. But now with Wonder Woman, I can say that my client, Wonder Woman, conquered the streak. So uh, if this is the first uh, winning film in the DCEU, and uh, it's, the, it's also the first ever live-action adaptation of the Wonder Woman character. And uh, Gal Gadot, she stars as Diana Prince, uh, Princess of Themyscira. Uh, and she's a daughter of Queen Hippolyta, and born and raised on the island of Themyscira, which is the home of the home of the race of warrior women known as the Amazons. And uh, Diana's life, uh, the story is, her life is one of sheltered paradise, until one day she saves she saves the life of the of an American pilot named Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine, uh, who crash lands on her island and tells her and the Amazons about World War One, and wanting to, wanting to stop the war. And save humanity, Diana joins Steve uh, to put an end to the conflict. But there was a sinister force at work behind the scenes. Love you too, Congo. Yep, that only Wonder Woman has the power to face. Uh, what was that Wild Man Congo on there? Yep. Hey, what up, man? Shout outs to you, my friend. Oh, you'll be back on soon. So oh, we'll yes. be in touch. Yes, indeed. Shut uh, up, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen's back. Yeah. Uh, what, is, what is she saying? No, this is my team. Yeah, I'm repping. I'm repping. Listen. Five rings. Catch up. Yeah, Dallas is coming. Thank you. Boom. And I'm not even a football fan. What's up? Uh, anything to discredit the Patriots garbage team. But anyway, um, you know, I, I like I said. Don't get, them, don't get them started, okay? We had a Packer fan and a Giants fan now. Don't get, don't. Don't let the don't let the Brady fans get in. Yeah, the Brady fans, bunch of bandwagoners. But anyway, um, you know, getting back to Wonder Woman, like I said, I came into this film with a lot of trepidation, a lot of nervousness, but I came away very pleased. This isn't this is a very this is a damn good film. Well, I seen that it got ninety six what was ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Um I yeah. me personally, I wouldn't have given it ninety six percent. Oh yeah? Yeah, I probably would have gave it like seventy six. That's a little low. Uh, maybe oh. maybe eighty five, eighty, eighty. Okay, that's fair. We can compromise. We can compromise at eighty. Okay, well, that's fair. Like I said, I did leave with joy. I'm like, okay, that was very good. You know, I'm sure John will be hit. John Aponic, our super, my super villain, will be you know hitting backflips on his way out, on mm. his way out of the theater. I'm sure you did a couple of backflips on your way out, on your way out to the theater. In my mind, yeah. So like, <laughs> but I mean, I left with, unlike you know BVS, like I actually left with some type of joy i did too you know and and this film was also directed by patty jenkins who who directed the film the oscar-winning film monster starring charlie Theron. um yeah as you say like this film unlike the previous three dceu films i did come away with a lot of with uh, with yeah a lot of joy a lot of like high spirits because in terms of tone it does have a very uh I want to say bright. Bright's not the right word, but I would say it's it's a much less joyless and much less 
morose tone, yeah. especially compared to BVS. Um, this film was one of um, one of like optimism, as you say, one of uh, compassion in a way, which kind of matches the Wonder Woman character. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> uh, once again, uh, we apologize for uh, the uh, for the uh, technical issues in this episode on it's Facebook. All, it's Live. all growing pains. Yeah, growing pains. But next week, hopefully, we'll we'll get our act together. Um, like this is let this be a lesson to any people, anybody who tries to broadcast a video on Facebook Live. Do not use a DSLR camera. Um, we're learning the hard way, but we thank you for sticking with us. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, as I was saying with uh, Wonder Woman, um, like I said, the, the the tone the tone is uh, is much more brighter, much more optimistic. They, it was still a little. The picture was still a little too dark for me. Brighter. Mm-hmm. You turned up the lights a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with, with that, I mean, I will say that, like, uh, for better or worse, um, the. DCEU, they're kind of sticking with Zack Snyder's visual aesthetic. Yeah, I, I can see that because it seems like Marvel has their own. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, they had, like, the Joss Whedon look. Mm-hmm. And then even now they're um, switching it to um, the, I think, the brothers who directed uh, Civil War. Yeah, Joe yeah. and Anthony Russo. Which isn't too different. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's not too different. But it's, like, it still captures, like, that Marvel's that Marvel signature look. Mm-hmm. So it's like I guess yeah it's they're gonna yeah it looks like DC is just gonna stick with that so yeah um, but I will say that the we uh, gotta get our eyes adjusted and shit yeah but I will say that the uh, the visual style does work for this film uh, the cinematographer for this film was uh, Matthew Jensen he 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 did shoot a few episodes of Game of Thrones okay and um I like I, I do like the the visual aesthetic of Wonder Woman because even though it kind of Kind of utilizes the Zack Snyder visuals, especially with the with the sped up slow slow down motion, slow motion. Yeah, uh, in action scenes, uh, the colors were much brighter. Um, especially a uh, Themyscira looked gorgeous on screen, fully realized. That that did that had yeah it did. Um, it looked very lush. Uh, Themyscira uh, to like the 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 drab uh, browns and grays of London and World War One, especially like No Man's Land. Yeah. Um, like the the film actually did it, it had a, it, it was had, accurate. I mean, it was accurate, but it also had a richer visual style, uh, right. and and it actually looked like a film, which I give it all the credit for because I will say that in like Wonder Woman as in terms of its visuals and cinematography, it looks way better than any of the MCU films in my opinion, um, oh. and because like with the with the MCU films, <laughs> not only do they all look the same, but they all have this like very bright. Uh, very bright, bright, high key lighting that kind of looks more like a like you're watching like a high budget, like television show. But then again, it's but then again, you have to look. It's Disney. Yeah, it is Disney. That They're a family company. Mm-hmm. Kids watch their product. Yeah, which which kind of adds to the, uh, the MCU visual style. Whereas yeah. DC, you know, it does have that richer film texture. Man, they DC was like fuck the kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally they Bernie Mac. They Bernie Mac that with their side. I was like, "Fuck them kids." Yeah, but I mean, at least like with Wonder Woman, it does look, it does look and it feels like a film. Yeah. You know? So I get I give in terms of visuals, I give it credit for that. Um, I will say that of course uh, Gal Gadot. Uh, what did you think of her uh, portrayal as Wonder Woman? It wasn't bad. It was pretty. Um, I liked it. It was. Uh, you can tell she's done. She did her homework. Mm-hmm. 
Like, and it seems like a lot of like a lot of guys that they pick up in, for the DCU don't do their homework. Mm. They really don't. Um, yeah. MCU cat, MCU guys, they do the hell out of their homework. Well, I mean, with a, uh, I mean. I think I think DCEU like they do their homework in terms of like, the casting, but like the the writing, it's the writing right. that kind of like undermines their what they could have brought to the table. Um, I will say that Gal Gadot was fantastic yeah. as Wonder Woman. Uh, she definitely has that mixture of uh, naivete and courageousness, and she's a very earnest hero. So you could tell that she cares deeply about her mission of wanting to save and help humanity. Yeah, kind of elevate them beyond you know. You know, beyond she looked good doing it. She did, yeah. She, like, that's a, yeah. she looked good doing it. And no if ands, nothing about it, nothing more to it. Yeah, she definitely had the physicality down too. And, yeah. um, and it, yes, know. yes, I, I, okay, y'all know Miss Congo, I know Miss Big City. She's hot, I agree with you. Yeah, she is, she is, right? There's no, there's no need to sugarcoat it. Yeah, she, she is hot, but I will, I will say, like, she does have that, um, that, that. Good amount of presence required for the role, right? And, uh, and she has the look too. She does. There was okay. There was one thing I was like disappointed, or maybe I maybe I missed it somehow. Mm. Was there supposed to be a Linda Carter cameo? No. Okay. I wish it could. It would have been nice if there was one. Yeah, it would have been a nice like tip of the hat. Yeah. Kinda. Um, I also I also liked the supporting cast, especially as uh, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. That he was cool. Yeah, he was he was a very he was a very charismatic charismatic uh you know supporting character or co lead rather, and him and him and uh, Gal Gadot had very good chemi- on screen chemistry, and uh, you could tell that uh Trevor Steve Trevor he's uh you know he's also trying to do the right thing he's a spy you know uh undercover you know infiltrating the German army in World War One. And um, he's tr- what was that called? No, I'm saying one person I did like it like in the um, in the movie was Ewan Bremer um, casted as Charlie, mm-hmm. the oh, Scottish the- drunk. The Scottish drunk. Yeah, they, he he was a good he was good for comic relief. I will. He indi- was. He was. I and indicate that. And yeah. Also, Samir too. Mm-hmm. Like I I like like their chemistry together. Yeah, you know they they all had their uh, roles to play in the in the war as like yeah. the 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 uh, team that uh, has assembled to kind of go across the front lines. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Chris Pine, he was fantastic as, as, uh, as uh, Steve Trevor and like he, him and him and a uh, wonder woman had some great banter. Yeah. Especially some of their scenes where they were kind of like trying to explain the differences between uh, the man's man's world, our world and uh, the Amazon culture. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, those are, whenever they do that in movies, they're just, they're always entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's just um, you know clashing the two cultures and stuff, I don't, and they just make they make it comical. Mm-hmm. So and I always just you know I always enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, uh, speaking of uh, the rest of the cast, big ups to Robin Wright as uh, a- a- Antiope. Yes, she. Um, in my heart, she will always be Jenny. Mm-hmm. And then she grew into Claire Underwood, mm-hmm. which I need to finish. Yeah, game uh, House of Cards. Yeah. But yeah, she she was she was pretty badass in this damn movie. Yeah, that that beach scene where um where the Amazons are fighting the uh, the German army. Yes. Yeah. Yes. On, on the and beach she of, took a bullet. Yeah, on the beaches of Themyscira. Oh man, especially the part where she leaps in the air and she shoots three arrows. Three arrows. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, she played that role. She held it down. 
and Connie Nielsen um, as um, Queen Hippolyta, yeah. uh, Wonder Woman's mom. Uh, she she was also very good in it as well. And it was also it was for me it was awesome to actually see the Amazons, you know, you know, throw down live on. Uh, Live on the on the big screen. Yeah. Um. I do hope that in future installments of the Wonder Woman uh, franchise and maybe other D- DC films that may that may feature Wonder Woman, maybe we can see more of the Amazon Amazonian world. Because you know, there's some there's but some real she, potential there. But she's not supposed to return to Amazon, right? Correct. Didn't they say that if she leaves, she can't come back? I th- I think you might be right, but uh, but you know, in the in the comics, you yeah, know, you she. Yeah, she, but she does go back. Like, yeah, in the yeah. You yeah. read Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, I, I do. Um, but you know, they, you could still there's there's still some plenty of riches there. And also, one speaking of the Amazons, one of the one of my favorite scenes uh, was early on in the film where it was um, well the film was explaining the the birth of the Amazons and Zeus and Ares and how that unfolded as that that live. Painting. It was like a, yeah, the painting and it kind of came to life. Yeah. That was dope. Yeah, that was a very dope uh, visual effect. And in fact, that reminds me of an awesome film, a visually awesome film that people should check out. It's on Netflix. It's called uh, The Mill and the Cross, okay. which is like this uh, live action, this this painting uh, come to life on the big screen. Um, I forgot, I forgot what, the, what the name of that painting was, in fact, but um, it is on Netflix. And uh, Wonder Woman, that, that whole scene where you saw the, the, birth, the birth of the Amazons and that live painting, it kind of remind, reminded me of that film. So that was that was an awesome visual. Definitely. Um, Definitely, I do not disagree at all. Yeah, and also too uh, the action scenes, man. Like for me, the defining one was No Man's Land on the battlefield, where Wonder Woman, yeah, she charged ahead, you know, amidst gunfire. She held up her shield, and then she she allowed a. Uh, which allowed a Steve Trevor and company to kind of flank the Germans on the other side of the trenches. Yeah, she she covered him. She was yeah, she was pretty bad. She was badass in them, like no hands down. Yeah, it was like it was like that. That scene was like she was kind of like you know it was like her first real test of like you know her commitment to helping humanity. Yeah, because she that was that was pretty. Yeah, this whole thing was pretty much like her first mission. Mm-hmm. Like. It was like her break. Yeah, it was her breakout, and she comes in. You know, she's coming in, and she's fighting in no man's land, which is in the middle of like World War One. Right? Yep, World War One. You don't see too many movies depicting World War One. Yeah, not a whole lot. Not as no, nowhere near yeah. as much as World War II. Two. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, speaking of which, I th- I think maybe maybe the producers wanted to do World War Two, but because Captain America: First Avenger did it, yeah, they're probably like, ah, oh, damn it, we got to use World War One. Um, but yeah, man, that, that trench, uh, no man's land sequence was awesome. In fact, and like, she just went in there with no fucks given too. Yeah, she did it. Like just went into enemy territory. Like if it was nothing. Yeah. Because like, and plus that also was a excellent example of display of her compassion because she came across that one woman who said that, you know, you know, we're starving we're you know, we're poor, you know, our homes are ragged. And that's and all she, that's all she like focused on. She was like, yeah. okay, yeah, we got to help this up. I'm like, no, but we got to do this. No, we need to help the we need to help these people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like otherwise, why are we here? Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, so like that that was like the most defining uh, uh, scene action scene for me in, in in the film, and just seeing her, you know, being that beacon of courage and just holding the shield and deflecting all that gunfire, it 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 brought a huge grin on my face. I was like, this is awesome. This is why. This a is what grin I want to see. Or a tear. We all know how sensitive you are. It didn't bring a tear to my eye, but I was very, 
I, I was I was I was, was choked up. What the fuck? I, I wasn't choked up, but I was I was definitely very happy to see what unfolded. I was like I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, queen. Um, this <laughs> also, uh, hey, she, she is a queen. But uh, okay. but uh, also um, also another another awesome scene was where she was uh, uh, battling the uh, uh, Germans in this in this building in the middle of this the snipe. Yeah, the sniper, and then. Um and then uh, Steve Tra- Steve Tremor just took um, a page out of the Amazon's book. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like, "Here, grab all this, and on the count of three, just push up with all you with all your might." And mm-hmm. yeah, like they use. And like- she just uh, and they just used uh, and yeah, they used that. Well, I think it was like a piece of a roof or whatever, and they yeah. just catapulted her, and she just went right straight into the roof where the sniper where the sniper was at. Mm-hmm. Was that? And then she just completely like destroyed the whole entire roof. Yeah, the whole steeple. Yeah, of this church. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. <laughs> he is sensitive, <laughs> Jen. Whatever, but uh, but but yeah, man. Sensitivity. <laughs> Get your Ra- Ralph Trayvon ass out of here. But uh, <laughs> that's that is a good song. But yeah, that that was that kind of brought me out of the, out of my seat too to seeing that as well because it was like a nice callback to the Amazons. Also, too, what was also uh, awesome about the film was um, seeing the lasso of truth being used in the film, because uh, you kind of you, you, you could kind of see elements of like how it's um, not only not only a tactical weapon, like kind of like you know ensnaring you know uh, enemies and whatnot, yeah. but also it kind of like I mentioned before in an earlier uh, episode of the podcast how it can be used as a potentially terrifying tool because. When you're ensnared in the last of yeah, and even like, in the beginning when they had when they had Stevie Trevor in there, he was just like, "Okay, what are you doing here?" He had it, and he's like, I- I- "I'm a spy," da, 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 da. and he's like shocked. He's like, "Did I just like say all that?" Like, yeah, damn, this shit works. <laughs> yeah, and what's and what's what's interesting is that like. It's like as you're as you're snared in the lasso of truth. It's like it's like you're fully aware of what's happening. Yeah. But you but you you, you can't just help can't help. Yeah. You can't help it. It just brings the truth out of you. Yeah. You're compelled to to spill your guts, and you know I could, I, I I definitely like the use of the use of that in the, in the film, and uh, also like just just like the how how the film unfolded. I, th- I thought it was like very well paced as well there wasn't one slow moment that kind of dragged the film down nah like nah. It, it, yeah, everything everything moved efficiently uh, Zack Snyder need to take some notes from Patty Jenkins yeah man yo he, he does and and you know and and speaking of Patty Jenkins man you know originally she was going to direct Thor the Dark World Really, she was, and she had, and she had uh, some interesting ideas for it, but um, she left, but she ultimately left because of creative differences between her and Marvel. And her idea of Thor two was having like this uh, Romeo and Juliet esque story between uh, Thor and um, Jane Foster, Natalie yeah. Portman's character. But and and it sounded really interesting, but Marvel was like, "Nah, we want to do something more conventional." So that's why she left. Oh, wow. And she found her way to Wonder Woman, and hey. Yeah, things work out for a reason. Things things happen for a reason. Yeah, Marvel Studios losses, DC's gain, and man. In this one case. In this get, one don't case. Get, don't get don't get too <laughs> carried away. Yeah, Marvel's um, still kicking ass. Yeah, but I will say that you know Wonder Woman, it, it is better than, it is on par and probably better than most of the other MCU films in my view. Definitely better than Guardians Two. I would too. Pu- I, I would put it. I would compare if I I can't really compare it to. Uh, a Marvel movie, I just haven't really like thought that deep into it. If I was gonna compare it to any other DC movie, I would probably compare it to um, 
I would compare it to The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. I wouldn't give it the Heath Ledger. You know, I wouldn't give it The Dark Knight just yet because I still think The Dark Knight was the best DC movie. Oh, absolutely. Ever. Mm-hmm. That and then you're probably gonna be mad at me about mad at me about this one. And then Batman Returns is right after that one. Uh, I loved Batman Returns. I like Batman Returns, but I wouldn't put it that high. Next I to would, Knight. I would. That's because I owned the t- I owned the VHS. Uh, okay. And watched it continuously. Mm-hmm. And like so, it was that that movie was a part of my childhood. Mine too. I mean, and and I love Danny DeVito as Penguin. Oh yeah. I don't want anybody else to play. I don't even like Robin Lord Taylor playing Penguin. Well, speaking of the Penguin, you know there were some rumors that uh, Josh Gad wants to play the Penguin in a future DCEU film. No, he's too tall. It's got to be Danny DeVito. Nah, I mean it's going to be too much of a callback to Batman Returns. They got to. I don't care. They got to. Nobody gotta, should. No, that's his role. They can cast anybody else to play Penguin. No, I mean I could see it, but it would look too. But then the Josh Josh Gad would look too much like, um, like the Penguin from the sixties. Oh, um, Burgess Meredith? Right. <laughs> exactly. It would remind me too much of that. Like, yeah, he Danny DeVito is Penguin. He okay. is. I, I, okay, I, I, I'll agree with you with that much, but um, I will say that there, there are other actors that can play the role perhaps better than Danny DeVito. No. You mean no? It's 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 a new day. No. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer can wear the hell out of some leather she, as Catwoman. You know, she almost she pretty much they that outfit almost killed her. It, oh, yeah, they I had think. to vacuum that. Yeah, outfit on on her. Yeah, because it was mad tight. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. But yeah. Batman Returns is cool. But yeah, getting back to Wonder yeah, Woman. Okay. Um. I will say, uh, the weakest element of the of the film. Was perhaps and, and and it wasn't terrible by any means, but I'll say that the weakest element of Wonder Woman was the villains in the film. What do you, what do you what do you think? Yeah, at the end she ended up fighting freaking Nigel Thornberry. Oh, uh, Ares, who turned out to be Ares. Yeah, I'm like I was oh, I was perfectly okay with it being um what the hell's the name the German yeah Eric Eric Ludendorff Ludendorff yeah I was completely happy with that. And then next thing you know, I'm like, it's him. It was a, yeah, it was um, I'm, so it was Patrick Morgan. Mm-hmm. So like, Patrick Morgan. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't know, I was dis- I was disappointed now. Like he was, <clears throat> it was it, the dudes. He sounded like Nigel Thornberry. He looked like Nigel Thornberry. Well, I mean, did he, you watch the Wild Thornberries as a kid? No. Well, he was he was most fa- he was also most famously a uh, Rupert uh, Remus Lupin in the, the Harry Potter movies, which you haven't seen inexplicably. I, I know, I know. My when it's to the point where my supervisor told me that like that I'm a horrible person and I should rot in hell because. Yeah, he is absolutely right, but um, <laughs> but uh, I will say that um, uh, Danny Houston as a uh, uh, General Ludendorff and um and uh, Doctor Poison. Aka Isabel Maru, played by Elena I, Elena I, I, Anaya. Um, I thought they were they were kind of like a little little too cartoonish, maybe a little too broad, just just a, just 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 by a smidge. But I I thought they were just I thought they were okay. I thought they were just fine. Um, and um, uh, uh, I I thought Doctor Poison had had. She was she was a bit a bit of an interesting character, like an interesting backstory. I wanted to know like what kind of got her to that point, what what led to her disfigurement, what yeah, led her true. to uh, develop all these chemical weapons. 
Um, I thought she could have been developed more as as a primary antagonist. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Smash. You see what I mean? I see it. Um, but as but David Thewlis as uh, Ares or, or Sir Patrick Thorne, um, I thought that uh, Ares. I thought it was a little bit of a letdown. I thought because it came off because especially that whole uh, action scene, it kind of re- replicated way too many other uh, comic book films that we've seen, like yeah. the, the big light show, CG light show, and you know Ares is like, I'm just corrupting humanity. Humanity is not worthy of being saved. Join me, Wonder Woman. And it's like, yeah, I've seen that before. Um, but I thought that I thought that the scene um, it, it it did work. It wasn't terrible. It did work because it did involve some sacrifice uh, with Chris Pine's character, yeah, um, who uh, took all those uh, bombs, those weapons, up to the sky, and then he yeah. But then the whole cliche, "I love you," I'm like, you only known her a week, and it just kind of well, it, that seemed a bit too cliche as well. Okay, perhaps perhaps it was a bit cliche, like him telling her that how much he. That he loves her, but you know, because I, th- I think it was maybe. Because, didn't he like, indicate that he was married? No, when they were in the boat together. No, I don't think he was married. No, I, I think he said that like he was talking about like what what marriage was in you know in in human culture, but like he said, it, I don't think he was married. But um, but I could I guess I I, I, I kind of you know typical cliche you know like oh I love you even though I know you for a week, but then again. You know, wouldn't you fall in love with Wonder Woman? Seeing how badass and powerful she is, I know I would. No, she's way too dominant for me. I'm... Is that a bad thing? Hey, if you into <laughs> that, if you into that S and M dominatrix stuff, then hey, to each his own. But well, interestingly enough, uh, William Moulton Marston, who's the creator of Wonder Woman, you know, yeah, she was create. Yeah, Wonder Woman was created because of his yeah, and part of it yeah because yeah. he was into that S and M dominatrix stuff yeah. yeah, his wife actually had a helping hand in that too. Yep, yeah, she did. Um, but fun fact, Whatever but keeps uh, the marriage going. Yeah, you know, but uh, but yeah, uh, uh I, th- I thought I thought like his sacrifice definitely lent the film some gravitas as well because in any any in most MCU films he probably would have survived somehow, survived blowing up the plane like he probably would have parachuted out. Um, yeah, like in Angels and Demons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, p- parachuting pontiffs. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't like Angels and Demons. I'm not a big Dan Brown fan, to be honest. That that's just me. But I love, um, his, book. I love his books. He has a new one coming out too. Oh wow. Okay. Because he recently came out with Inferno, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Inferno. That was like a couple years ago, and now he has a Origin coming out this fall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, besides the cliches of, of of that climactic action scene, I thought it was you know okay, even though it was a you know typical you know of what we've seen before. Right. Um, but uh, overall, I thought that the film wrapped up uh, very nicely. Um, it does. It does. Uh, uh, it, it, it 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 gave us what we were looking for, and not only a Wonder Woman film, but also a DCEU film. Right. So I mean, I think I think a lot of people. I don't. I honestly didn't think it. Really, I still don't think it deserved a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I think, what um, and I and I heard a friend of a friend of mine actually said this too, and I agree with him. Just that everybody kind of went in with low expectations mm-hmm. because of the history of the DCEU. Yeah. But then it turned out to be better, so they just kind of went crazy giving it all this praise. But mm-hmm. I would have gave it a, like a solid 80%. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I would I would stick with the ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You would biased bastard. I'm not biased. I mean it's a it's a it's a damn good film. It's definitely the best film in the DCEU by default. Um and uh you know D- the the DCEU has nowhere to has, you know, I mean like I will say that the 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 previous three films, Man of Steel, BVS and Suicide Squad, they set the bar on the floor. Okay. Wonder Woman picked it up and set it high. So subsequent DCEU films have a lot to go, even though I'm not too eager for Justice League. Um I'm not eager for any of them. I'm still gonna watch them. <laughs> yeah. But um I mean it makes me it makes me think that perhaps Wonder Woman should have been the first film in the DCEU. No, nah, because you gotta start with the basics with like Superman and Batman. Perhaps. But maybe I mean if they started with if they started with Wonder Woman, it would have been a unconventional and unique approach. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but um, but overall, man, uh, Wonder Woman, it's a damn good film. I uh, highly recommend it for any, for our comic book fans. And hopefully this will definitely uh, generate more uh, Wonder Woman fans moving forward. Um, I can say, you know, I've been a Wonder Woman fan since the podcast started. You, yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're and if you're interested in exploring more of the Wonder Woman lore, I do recommend checking out any of the New Fifty Two Wonder Woman graphic novels, as well as the DC Rebirth graphic novels as well. There are currently two volumes of that that's out right now. Uh, yeah, those are excellent starting points for the character. All right. So yeah, Wonder Woman. It's in theaters now. Check it out. Good. Go see it. Yeah, and uh, and as always, send your thoughts uh, about Wonder Woman if you've seen it uh, to the Codex Prime Podcast at gmail dot com. All right. Yeah. And uh, question of the week. So uh, this week's, uh, well, last week's question of the week was, um, who was your favorite? What was your favorite video game based mo- video game based on a movie? Mm-hmm. Now uh, I remember you you said uh, the Chronicles of Reddit. Yeah, and I said uh, the Lion King. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was more busy on our Instagram. So uh, okay. tattoos by Dre Tavares says says um, Wolverine is by far more superior than his movie counterpart, especially when Origins was PG thirteen and the game was rated M. So violently good. Also heard Spider Man two was really good too. Yeah, for the PS two. Right. Yep. Uh, La Latino Taku cosplay. A uh, good friend, uh, friend of ours. I met her at uh, this past Rhode Island Comic Con. Um, she said, along, along with me, The Lion King on the SNES was always my favorite. Hard as fuck, but fun. Mm. She probably means level nine when you had to go through all the tunnels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and fight all the hyenas. Mm-hmm. I had trouble with that one, and then I ended up like mastering it. Nice. Uh, my supervillain, John Aponic, says, Enter the Matrix for PS2 was so much fun. The chases were intense, and simply being able to beat up everyone using bullet time. Oh, okay. All right. And then, just a concussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a funny name. I like that. Not that it was good, but Roger Rabbit. I played it a lot because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I like driving the car. I never want it. Oh, Okay. Okay, that was good. That was good. Thanks, Jessica. Concussion. So, um, this week, if you can recast anybody from any superhero movie, mm-hmm. who would you recast? Oh man. Okay, that's a that's a that's an interesting one. Um, do you have any uh, answers for that? Yes. Okay. I it. would recast 
Um, I'm actually trying to look up the guy who played him. You probably may be able to um, to uh, catch his name before I do. But I would recast Bishop from X-Men Days of Future Past. Okay. And I would recast, I would put Terry Crews in that role. Mm. That would inspire choice for sure. Because that guy was just too small for me. He's just small. I thought it was okay. Too small. Bishop. The bishop I remember was like Jack Diesel. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Terry Crews looked so much more like him. Hmm. Okay. All right. And we're back. Uh, this is our uh, fourth and uh, final part of our Facebook Live My goodness. <laughs> Wonder Woman episode. Uh, once again, technical difficulties, a bit of gro- growing pains, but we thank you. We really appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, on this uh, endeavor uh, next week uh, I will have a dedicated webcam that can you know film us continuously um, but uh, yeah to your to your point about who would I recast first of all the guy was the, the guy who played Bishop in Days of Future Past was Omar Sy yeah I would definitely um, replace him with Terry Crews okay Terry Crews um, very uh, audacious choice for sure um for me, it's it's a it's a hard question because now that I think about it, there are so many uh, great uh, uh, actors who who portray heroes and villain villains, you know, very well. Okay. Um, oh, I have one. I would definitely recast uh, Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> um, I think it's a combination of. Um, I mean, I mean, because Jared Leto, he's a he's a very good actor. I mean. Right. Oscar winner for uh, Dallas Buyers Club, but I think Jared Leto perhaps made the made a, uh, I guess, the some poor choices as the Joker, who just comes off as like some sort of um weird cross of um a juggalo and uh, and a cholo and a cholo and a poor imitation of Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. So I would I would recast uh recast the Joker, but the question is who. It's 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 hard. I mean, oh, I can. Oh, I have the perfect Joker in mind. Who? Willem Dafoe. Mm. Oh, that that's delicious. You that's... talking about you? Be saying delicious about a grown no, ass no, man? No, <laughs> shut up. I mean, like, like, like the the it's like it's tantalizing. It's tantalizing casting right there. I mean, because Willem Dafoe can effectively play like extremely batshit crazy characters. Correct. With a with a extremely sinister edge. Uh, yeah, Willem Dafoe is a Joker. That's a good one. Um, I don't really have an answer uh, for for this week's uh, question of the week, but I will say, um, basically any other actor who can portray the Joker, um, uh, perhaps uh, much better than Jared Leto, J- Jared Leto has. Um, I will also say, I would cast, I would recast uh, Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique in the X Men films because she. F- Phoned it the hell in. <laughs> she phoned it in an X Men Apocalypse, which is already a mediocre film to begin with. Yeah. And yeah, at this point, I would just recast Jennifer Lawrence moving forward if they're making any more uh, X Men films with this. I would also recast, as much as I love Holly Berry, I would recast mm. Storm. Yes, I would too. With Lupita Nyongo. High five that one. <laughs> 
there, that's my pick, Lupita Nyong'o. Don't take Storm. my pick, jerk. I'm, I'm taking it because hey, I like Lupita Nyong'o. That's a, that's a good that's a okay, good pick. Okay, but yeah, you don't take you don't take my pick. I because I, I don't have I don't have a pick of my own. So could have came up with something as much as much movies that you watch. You couldn't come up with one on your own. Man, you know if I if I if I read this question of the week ahead of time, I would have had an answer prepared. But um, but like I said, it's hard for me. It's hard to pick one. But I'm gonna go with Lupita Nyong'o as Storm, Aurora Monroe. Perfect casting right there. Boom. That's my pick. So, yeah. Uh, Beef. Hey. Hey. Take him if you got him. Uh, so, yeah. That, that concludes our question of the week. And uh, once again, we thank you uh, for tuning in on, on our episode. Um, like I said, if you, if you are watching on Facebook Live, we, do ha- we will have this episode posted in four installments. Um, because my DSLR can't you know, record past 30 minutes at a time. But uh, hopefully next week we will have a dedicated webcam so we can, you know, keep this keep this train going, keep this train, you know, you know, flowing without any interruptions. What up, Denise? Yeah, it's up. <laughs> um, so once again, you can uh, email the show or join us on Facebook Live next week. Uh, you can email email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail Send us your thoughts, comments, whatever is floating in your brain, and we will read it on the air. And uh, Carl, where else can they find our content? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. Yes. <laughs> Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast, Twitter at Codex Prime Cast, Facebook.com slash Codex Prime. Also, iTunes, please send us a five star review that'll help us move up the rankings. And mm-hmm. um, also, SoundCloud, YouTube, and uh, Google Play. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, hopefully you'll join us next Tuesday, uh, same time, same channel. Uh, we will be. We I do have one uh, topic in mind that we should that we could talk about. This Friday is season five of Orange Is a New Black. I'm not gonna. I'm be honest with you. I I will not. My schedule is entirely too busy. I will not get through it. I, I won't get through it. I will be watching, mm-hmm. but I will not be able to get through it. For shame. I ain't got that time. I ain't got that much time. In day. Well, if anything, I'll I might pick up the slack for both of us. I'll try to give a non-spoiler uh, review. Maybe at the top I'll try. Of the I'll get as much as I can. Okay. Yeah. But as far as finishing a whole series, I've done it before. But it's it'll be it'll be worth a shot. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week. Peace out, nerds. Later. <laughs> <laughs>